Now, some of those things may never happen, but we want to make sure we've accounted for them in the plan because the chances of them happening are greater than them not. There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the podcast. This is the Retirement Success Blueprint with myself and Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. He's the founder there and helping you get to and through retirement. If you've got some questions or concerns, as always, make sure you check with a qualified professional before you take any action. And you can find all the information you'd like to at Mike's website, crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com on how to get a hold of him or subscribe to the podcast and all that good stuff. Great podcast coming your way today. We're going to talk about guessing in retirement. Certainly, we've got a lot of things going on in the world. It's got us scratching our head, and we've been guessing for a while now, and retirement is not someplace we want to do that. So we're going to talk about some key points there for you to ponder. What's going on, my friend? How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. March Madness, St. Patrick's Day, all these great things. I love the month of March. It is a good month. Yeah, a lot of rain, a lot of times, but uh, that's okay because that brings on the, the the flowers and the showers and the flowers or however that goes. So <laughs> some good stuff going on there. Hey, Mike, I stopped and filled up my truck today. Uh, it was 100 bucks, right? So inflation is rocking and rolling, obviously, as we all know. It's over 40-year highs and, I don't know, for 8%, 8.5%, what we're talking about here. But there's talk that the Fed is going to be raising these rates uh, maybe more quickly than they should have, maybe more times than they initially talked about. I've heard anything from four to six different raises uh, throughout the year. Should we be looking at things? Is there anything to ponder with this? Uh, you know, if you've been thinking refinance or any number of things, should you, you know, maybe escalate your timeline? Yeah, this whole uh, idea of the, or really reality of increased inflation uh, really is going to impact quite a variety of different sectors of the economy. So one, as you alluded to, is on the real estate side, whether you're refinance, whether you should even go buy a house right now, you know, or even sell the one that you got. On the real estate side of it, you you look at that, you know, so just about six, nine months ago, you could get a 30-year mortgage at around 3%. So let's say you know you you're looking at a half million dollar home, a five hundred thousand dollar home. So that five hundred thousand, you'd pay about fifteen thousand dollars a year just on the interest side of it. So you know, and and for us, you know, those are historically great rates. You know, I mean, if yeah. I got fives and sixes, those are historically great rates on a mortgage. Right. So so if you go back to and you say, okay, well now a thirty year mortgage here in March is sitting around four percent, right at the time the Fed's beginning the increase of rates. So the thing on that is that, well, that same $500,000 house is now $20,000 of mortgage. So in the, as the Fed begins to embark with maybe a quarter point in March, another quarter point in April or May, another quarter point in the summer, you know, independent of how high they go, what you're going to start seeing is your mortgage rates are going to go to 5%, if not even 6%. So even if they only go up to 5%, which would be a 1% move from here, the reality is then on that same $500,000 house, that's a $25,000 interest every year. Now, that same couple that could afford the house at 3% can no longer afford it at 4% and definitely not at 5% because they can't expect you know, an, almost an additional $1,000 a month in interest alone just because the mortgage rates creeped up. Even though historically they're low, cash flow-wise they're not. And that's going to put a kind of a, a stop on the real estate market a little bit, mm-hmm. not in all markets, but in most. So it doesn't mean there's a real estate crash forthcoming. It just means that you know, you're probably going to see a pullback in real estate prices because of that, just because the affordability of homes is going to start going away. Another concern is 
the reason why. Why is the Fed raising interest rates? They say they're pointing towards, you know, the six, seven percent plus inflation that it's going to stick around. It's not transitory like we relied to, you know, in the past year or two. <laughs> and they're going to come back and say, you know, you know, hey, you know, we're worried about inflation. So the way we're going to control inflation is we're going to raise interest rates because historically, if this was the 1970s, that's what they would do. You know, that's when we went to eight, 10, 12, 15 percent interest rates. But the reality is the reason we have inflation right now has nothing to do with an overheating economy. That's usually why you raise interest rates to slow down the economy. The reality is we're already in a slowing economy. It's still a healthy economy, but it's already slowing now that all the stimulus money and everything's gone away. The reason they're raising interest rates is because we're near zero and they're concerned about the next recession, the next bear market, that if they're at zero, they've got no, no more bullets in the chamber. But the reality also is that They're pointing to inflation as to why they're raising interest rates. But the reason we have inflation is because of supply chain issues. We just can't get it. You know, you go to the local grocery store and you got different, you know, week to week, you got different parts of empty shelves or you go to the cooler, something different. We've got business owner clients that, you know, say, hey, I've got the orders and business is good, but I just can't get the parts. And that's what's causing the inflation. So the Fed raising interest rates isn't going to fix supply chain problems. Only time's going to. So the fact that they're actually going to start raising interest rates, and they probably should have done it about a year ago, but the fact that they're going to start raising interest rates actually means that they're probably going to bring us closer to a recession because when they start raising interest rates, that actually means that they are slowing the economy themselves in what is already a slowing economy, and they're raising them for the wrong reasons. Wow, interesting. So so, So that's going to impact the real estate market. It's going to impact the stock market. And as you alluded to with the gas, it's going to impact your pocket as well. Yeah, no, definitely interesting. And yeah, we're seeing all these things, you know, kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a perfect storm or not, but we're just kind of seeing all these things kind of colliding up against each other. And so it's certainly making for some uh, turbulent times and we'll see how that goes. So I definitely wanted to ask you about that whenever I was noticing the, the different amounts. And, and I've heard different things. Like I said, I've heard some places say they think it's going to be four or five or five or six different rate increases. So we'll see how that all plays out. But I mentioned earlier that we were going to talk about our main topic being guessing at retirement. And when those important questions you guess at them, it goes wrong. Well, that's that's not good, especially when you're in your retirement years. Because many people, way too many people, Mike, probably, well, not probably, they do guess at their retirement plan. They just, they have a collection of stuff and then they just kind of guess at how it's all going to work versus getting together with a professional and getting a good strategy in place. So let's talk about some of those questions and why you need to have a better answer than just a guess. We'll start with the income. Uh, since we were just talking about inflation, you know, are you going to guess at what you need to live in retirement? If you're saying, hey, I'm working right now and uh, I'm getting ready to retire, let's just say in a, in a couple of months, and it costs us $5,000 a month to live on, well, then I guess that'll be good enough through our retirement years. Probably not a good plan. No, not a a plan at all. I mean, week to week, we talk about in retirement, income is the outcome. You know, our focus is always on how do we get you a sustainable, predictable income that's going to last the next 20, 30 years without blowing through all the principles so you run out of money. And and you alluded to is, you know, the problem with kind of the financial services industry, this is whether you're a do-it-yourself investor or you're even working with the broker out there that you've been working with for 5, 10, 20 years, right? And in a straight up market for the last 12 years until recently, it's been easy to accumulate because you just keep throwing money at the problem and it keeps growing. Well, the problem when you get into retirement or close to retirement, this is all you have. The paychecks are going to stop. But what most people find out what they have is just a junk drawer of stuff, right? They got stocks, they got bonds, they got annuities, they got life insurance, but they have no coordinated plan on how they actually put this together. And even their broker doesn't know. The broker just tells you, don't worry, you'll be okay. 
Well, tell me how. Show me on my statement how. Where's my income coming from? Right. Uh, how much can I spend? Oh, don't worry about it. Okay, but that's not a strategy, right? So hope is not a strategy or don't worry about it. It's not a strategy. So whether you're do it yourself or you're working with somebody, most people tend to outgrow their brokers as they approach and are in retirement because what they really need is a financial planner. They need somebody that focuses on retirement income, not just somebody that takes every 20, 30, 40, 50 year old client and gives them the same portfolio. So on the monthly income side of it, that's when you got to have a strategy of saying, okay, where, and you know, we do ours and in interest in dividends, whether it's in stocks, bonds, however it is, we focus on the income generation from your investments because that gives you permission to spend that money because next year it's going to replace itself. So it doesn't matter if the market's going up or down, but we can point to you on our, when we do our reviews, we say, okay, you know, here's your million and a half dollars and here's your $60,000 of interest and dividends that we know is going to come in this year. You can spend that and not touch the principal. And that's exactly what most clients want. They want that clarity and confidence of knowing exactly how much income they can spend, whether they choose to or not, they at least know it's coming in. Yeah. And if you're guessing, right, Mike, a lot of times what happens is you wind up possibly shorting yourself more times than not, I would imagine. But you could go the other way, right? You could feel like you're guessing and you need more than you actually do and you wind up working longer than you needed to, in which case you might have been able to retire a couple of years earlier or whatever the, you know, whatever that might look like. So you might put yourself on either side of that coin simply by guessing versus getting some hard data and some information on exactly what you need to make your plan happen. Uh, we talked a little bit on the prior podcast about uh, you know the cost of things and the emergency fund and purchases, but that's something that people tend to guess at in retirement as well. Uh, if you're removing the major purchases, or let me ask you, should we remove major purchases from the emergency funds? Should they be two different things? Yeah, so major purchases, it goes back to timeline. So if if we think that there's, you know, first of all, we need that sleep at night fund. Right. So and typically that's going to be, you know, if you're still working, maybe it's six months of, you know, living expenses, just in case the paycheck goes away before you're ready to retire. Right. If you're already retired and you're on a relatively fixed income, that really only needs to be two, three months of, of you know, comfort. And the reason why is if you think about it, Social Security is still going to come in. If you got a pension, it's still going to come in. If you're taking, in, you know, income off your investments, it's still going to come Come in. So it's not like, you know, you're going to get fired from your portfolio or something. So, so when it comes to the major purchase, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, if you're invested correctly, let's put it that way. Um, so what happens on the major purchases side is that's when you say, okay, well, if I don't need this money for three, five plus years. Well, sure. It's part of the investment plan. If it's saying, no, I'm paying cash for a car in six months. Well, yeah, then you've got to put that in there and say that money's got to be corralled on the side. It's not part of the investment plan. It's part of the financial plan but it's not part of the investment plan. So how, how we account for major purchases, mm -hmm. even if they're unknown dates, you know, like weddings and, you know, or exactly when you want to buy a car and things is when we put our retirement success blueprint financial plan together, we sit down with clients and we say, okay, you know, here's the cash flow that you say you need. You know, we put a flag in the sand, we retire at this, we're going to have X amount of income. Let's call it a hundred thousand dollars. 40 of it, 50 of it's coming from social security, 20 of it from a pension, the other 40 is from the portfolio. So we know where our income's coming in. But then almost in like a project management style, we'll go around and say, hey, you know, let's put some milestones in here along the way, which are kind of check-ins. And that says, okay, you got three kids, only one of them's married. Is there a chance that, you know, you might want to contribute to a wedding if in the future the other two get married? Well, yeah, sure. Well, how much do you think you'd like to contribute? 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, whatever it is. Let's go ahead and put that in the plan. You know, if they're not dating anybody, who cares? We'll put it out three years, five years, something like that. And we'll just throw it in the plan. And then if, well, hey, I've got a car, I probably won't get one for another few years. Okay, great. Let's say about every five to seven years, you're going to buy a new car. 
Great, let's put that in the plan. So now what happens is, does our plan still work if those things happen somewhere along, along those timelines? Because if it does, that's great. Now, some of those things may never happen, but we want to make sure we've accounted for them in the plan because the chances of them happening are greater than them not. Well, and if we, we open this podcast up, Mike, with talking about inflation, so we've got to talk about guessing at inflation as well, whether it's those big ticket items, they're all going up or whatever the case is. But let's pull it back from the, the crazy inflation that we're seeing right this minute and just keep it at something even just an average or normal type of inflation. People still guess at this and they underestimate the impact it's going to have. I started off by saying, you know, if you need five grand a month to live on and you just guess at it and say, well, that's probably all we need. Maybe maybe we'll call it six grand a month. Well, We'll kick it up a little bit over the years. Well, you're guessing and you're going to more than likely be wrong because it typically will double uh, through the course if you're lucky enough to have a nice long retirement, which many people are because we're living longer. So you got to factor inflation in. You absolutely have to factor in inflation. And, you know, I mean, you alluded to it as well. You know, it probably cost you 50% more, nearly double, you know, to fill up your tank than it did a year ago. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and the consideration on that is so, you know, let, let's say inflation stays as high as it is now. We don't anticipate it. We think over the next 18, 24 months, it'll start creeping back. Uh, but at 7% inflation, basically the cost of living doubles about every 10 to 12 years. If you, if you just go back to the historical rate of around 3%, it doubles about every 20, 22 years. And what that means is that if in retirement you say, hey, I need $5,000 a month now, that means in about 10 or 20 years, you need $10,000 a month just to buy the same thing that $5,000 buys today, just to maintain the same standard of living. And now a lot of times, you know, when we when we come in and a lot of clients, you know, even though they understand the concept of inflation, they don't build that into yeah. the, their own projections. So what happens is they say, oh, well, you know, that 5,000 I need right now. Well, don't worry about it. You know, yeah, I'm using that now, but later I know everything will be more expensive, but I'll just, you know, we'll, we'll be spending less because we'll be in our seventies or we'll yeah, be we in won't our eighties. Yeah, exactly. It, exactly. And, yeah. and the reality is you'll be spending that or more because of inflation and it'll, you'll just be spending it in different spots. And in sixties, you may be spending it on traveling, going to see the grandkids, volunteering, doing, you know, hobbies, in your 70s, maybe healthcare things. That's next yeah. on my list, actually. So yeah, it's perfect tie into that, right? Because it's going to kick in at some point in your life. No, exactly. So what? So what happens is all of a sudden now it starts going to healthcare. You know, instead of instead of travel, and then all of a sudden you're going to regular doctor's visits. You know, maybe you need some sort of long term care, assisted living, those kind of things. The thing is, you want to build in, and we talk about this every time on the podcast about retirement income is the outcome. You want to build in where not only you know that you have predictable income coming in every month, every quarter, and you're not spending principal to get it. You know, so you're making sure that you're retaining the assets that you have, but they're also positioned for not a static income, but a rising income over time so that you can keep up with inflation, you know, whether it's a 2% or 3% or 7% or whatever the government says it is, that's why you always need some equity component. You solve for the income first, then the risk, and then you say, okay, how do I keep up with inflation at the same time? Well, and since you mentioned it, we'll just roll right into that to wrap this up on this conversation because the two most notable industries where inflation is fa or they're faster growing than inflation, normal inflation anyway, has been education, higher education, and healthcare. For most retirees, hopefully, you know, college tuition doesn't really affect you in retirement, but healthcare almost certainly will, and all those little things that we do are going to just continue to tick up. Exactly. So healthcare inflation, 
And, you know, as you mentioned, even the educational side, but, you know, for a lot of retirees, it's less of a consideration. But on the healthcare side of it, uh, that is a huge concern because not only, you know, this year is probably a great example, 2022. Okay. Everybody got, you know, a 5.6% cost of living adjustment to their Social Security. And they're like, all right, this is great. And more money is always better, right? Because uh, usually you get a very little adjustment. But did they notice on the other side of the ledger what happened to their Medicare? <laughs> right. The yeah. Medicare went from 145 to 170 yep. just for the basic. Plan. My mom noticed. She was like, "Well, that went out the window." So yeah, and what and what happens is, you know, and this was a slight exception because inflation was so high. But in most years, when you're only getting about a one and a half or a two and a half percent bump on your Social Security, Medicare jumps by about that same amount. Mm-hmm. So what happens is you get a raise, but then they take it away on the, on the other side. And that doesn't even figure in, you know, and we were just meeting with clients yesterday. We were talking about all the the three different ways to handle long-term care, a hybrid policy, a traditional policy, or just self-insure, you know, determining what makes the most sense for them and their plan. And and one example on a traditional long-term care policy that I I gave an example of was, you know, I've been a fiduciary financial planner for 22 years. So one of the first long-term care policies that I sold was to an individual, a couple in their 50s at the time. This was about 20 years ago. And it was through GE Healthcare. And it wound up being about $2,000 a year for both of them. Now, what's happened over the last 20 years is that the insurance industry and the actuaries who are usually really good on the life side of it, mispriced long-term care costs so bad that now they've been the last 10 years jacking up the premiums on those existing long-term care. Because there's no guarantee that just because you paid 2000 20 years ago, it's going to be 2000 a day. Mm-hmm. Those same premiums are $7,500 a year. Ouch. So, so talk about inflation. They've, they've grown almost four times, almost 400% from where we started. Why that's a concern is these clients now are going into their 80s. These clients now are at a point where they haven't had to use long-term care, but they're a lot closer to needing it at a time that they're on a completely fixed income. You know, and that's how inflation, that's how healthcare, that's how all that takes a bite out of it over time. Yeah, certainly. So don't guess at these things, folks, as we're getting closer to retirement or as we're thinking about it, get a strategy in place. Stop in and talk with the team at at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial here on the podcast. Of course, they're that one-stop shop with the CPA, the enrolled agent, the paralegal, all the stuff that you need to do. So if you're not already working with Michael and his team at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, definitely have a conversation with them. Reach out to them. You can find them online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And you can drop us an email if you'd like for the podcast or just in general. And we've got a question this week we'll wrap up with from Mark in Barrington. He says, Mike, I feel that I need to reduce the risk in my portfolio, but I just don't know where to turn. I looked at bonds, annuities, uh, moving to cash, but all these options have drawbacks that I'm just not comfortable with. What is a person supposed to do? Yeah, Mark, that's the great question. And it's it's a dilemma that all investors face and some more than others, especially if you're getting closer to retirement or you're in retirement, you just can't handle the risk, the volatility, especially with what we've seen to start the year here is Mark, you know, typically all investments are going to, you know, in a perfect world, people say, you know what, you know, what three components would I like on the ideal investment? I would like safety. I never want to lose a penny of my money. I want liquidity, which means, you know, I want to have access to it anytime that I want without any penalties. And I want growth. I want it to grow to the sky. So safe, liquid, and growth. That's all I ask for in an investment, you know, which basically you can get that doesn't exist in the real world. So you can get two of those three things on a variety of different investments. You can get growth and liquidity in the stock market, right? It can grow to the sky and you can sell it as long as the market's open, you give up safety. You can go into fixed income, so bonds and bond-like instruments, and you can get a little bit more on the safety and it's liquid, 
but you give up growth. Why? Because it's just going to pay you whatever the set interest rate is. You can go into the things that you talked about, you know, like you can go to treasuries, you can go into annuities, you can go into those kind of things. You know, we're not going to judge on the show for here, but you can go into those kind of things, insurance products and things, and you can get safety, have your money insured. You can get growth either linked to the market or an interest rate. But what do you give up? You give up liquidity, you give up access. You know, maybe it's a three-year, five-year, 10-year contract, whatever it happens to be. So Mark, the best way to do it is you start with your plan. So whether you're working with an advisor, you want to give us a call, come in. We call ours the Retirement Success Blueprint. What it is, it's a full-blown financial plan. And we start out with, one, where's your retirement income coming from, right? How do we maximize Social Security? If you have a pension, what options do we choose for it? If you're concerned about a survivor, how do we leverage your current assets for income? How much income can we get in retirement? Then we go to the asset allocation. Okay, based on the income that we need and our age and our health and longevity, then now how much risk should we take or not take? It's not about pulling out a brochure and saying, hey, look, this thing went up for the last 25 years. It's about saying, how much risk do you need to take to achieve your goals? Third, can we do it more tax efficiently? Can we save you taxes over your lifetime, not any one given year, but over the next 20, 30 years, can we save you hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes, unnecessary taxes? Fourth, healthcare. If we had a healthcare event, how would we pay for it? Fifth, estate planning. Do we have our estate plan in place? Do we have the right documents in place? When you have all five of those, Mark, you now have a plan. So then you're not asking the question, hey, you know, I need to reduce the risk. Why do you need to reduce the risk? Because your plan says you need to reduce the risk. Should I be in bonds, stocks, annuities, Bitcoin, whatever it happens to be? What does your plan say you need to do, Mark? So once again, you have confidence, you have clarity on why you're making the choices that you're making. Right now, brokers, Wall Street, do-it-yourselfers, they're just throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it works out. And hope is not a strategy. You need to work with a fiduciary financial planner who's going to put a plan together for you that says, here's where my income's coming from, like clockwork. Here's how much risk I should or should not be taking. I'm legally paying the least amount of taxes. If I had a healthcare event, it's taken care of. And I got my estate documents in place to leave the legacy that I want. That is a financial plan. All right. Well, thank you so much for that email. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the podcast. And again, if you've got questions or you need some help, always check with a qualified professional before you take any action. You can find Mike at his website online at crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. You can subscribe to the podcast, The Retirement Success Blueprint, on whatever podcasting app you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. We appreciate it. We'll be back with more in April. This has been the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.